Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Okay, you, you backed up. You backed up quite a bit there. I tried. I um, didn't hurt my ears. I was talking to my roommates today. They saw me setting up my Ethernet cable to record. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna hear some uh, some yelling tonight, huh?" Huh, chief? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it's that. I, thing. I love that you have to set up your Ethernet cord. Like it goes across your whole house, right? Yeah, I mean, I would show you guys. It's literally like, like. It's set up 30 feet away to my router, like 45 feet, maybe just Man. like completely like through the living room. Like it's in everyone's way. But um, I'm I fucking love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and the roommates, so, the roommates understand, right? You have it's, to understand. It's not their yeah. choice. Um, exactly. So uh, that's that's rough. That's tight. But um, Lucas, how are you? I'm doing well, Matthew. I'm doing yeah. well. You know, um, it is. Uh, it's it's a little hot this week. I'd say where I'm at, it's like mid yeah. mid, mid to high 80s, a little humid. Um, last week was a beautiful week. Uh, I went to a Dodger game for the first time oh. this season. First time in many years, actually. Um, it was a Friday night game against the Cubs. We won. I saw like three home runs. It was Jeez. really 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 fun. Um, had a Dodger dog the whole bit. You know. Uh, paid like 18 bucks for a beer. That's the, that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, what we live for, man. <laughs> that's the experience. Uh, that's, um, he had that's a better great. baseball experience than my roommate. He went and Padres lost 10 one. Oh. And, um, Chris <laughs> in the chat. What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining hanging hey, out. Hey, Chris, how's it going, thanks man? For, thanks for coming through. Um, yeah, man, that's uh, baseball. What a sport I've been watching. Um, and I bet Chris has been watching this as well. The, uh, Euro, the, um, European oh, yeah. championship for yeah. soccer. Um, that's been a lot of fun. Two crazy games today. We're recording this on June 28th. Um, two crazy games, um, Sweden versus France and Spain versus Croatia. Both got equalized um, in like the 90th minute to make it 3-3. And um, the Spanish-Croatia game went till like the very last bit of extra time. And then Spain won 5-3. And then the Sweden, can you excuse me? No, Switzerland, excuse me. Switzerland-France game went um to penalty kicks and it was oh uh, man and um and uh swiss the swiss the swiss won which is a big upset actually because france is extremely good wow and yeah chris uh chris was watching that yeah <laughs> <laughs> france cool. he says but awesome, um man. we as as much as we love sports and maybe we may eventually do fifa for, for this podcast who knows oh god <laughs> i'm not sure actually but i'm not even sure how we would do that that'd be kind of weird but um this is this is a video game podcast lucas um, where we talk about video games and, um, that's right. Everyone today we are talking about the number one zombie survival simulator left for dead. That's right. Shit. That's now, right. The 2008 co-op zombie shooter game by, by Valve. By Valve. Now, I think everyone um, knows what Left 4 Dead is. Probably if you're listening to this podcast. Um, I feel like it's kind of um, 
a mainstay in every gamer's arsenal, right? But in case it isn't, I'd like to give a very brief synopsis of uh, Neil's in the chat. I'd like to give a very brief synopsis. Neil, all right. Of, okay, by the, um, for the people that are just, sorry to interrupt, for people that are just listening on on Spotify, this is a now a live streamed recorded podcast. Live recording, yes. So people, like we're talking about the chat, like we mean a literal chat for our live stream right yes. now. So you can totally tune into the live stream after Matt tells you about this video game a little bit. Yes. So, so where to find us. Left for Dead. So a little brief synopsis. So after an outbreak of a highly contagious pathogen nicknamed the Green Flu, which essentially causes zombification, four survivors by the name of one being Vietnam veteran Bill Overbeck, two, the college student Zoe, three, district account manager Lewis, and four, outlaw biker Francis. They all make their way out of the cities in search of safe haven, only to infect every kind soul that tries to help them. Because that's right. That is right. Very akin to today's COVID. They are all asymptomatic carriers of the green flu virus. Dangerous. Leading them to a constant, never-ending cycle of finding help. Killing their own help by infecting them on accident. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. One sequel later, you have the best zombie shooter game of all time. The best zombie series of all time. Lucas, what say you? I really like that description. I think a lot of people don't really know a lot of the lore for the game. Um, this is the first kinda, time I found out it's called the green flu. Yeah, there's no way to, <laughs> I feel I like there's no really, it, really yeah. know that. There's no way to know that they're like <laughs> asymptomatic survivors that are like passing it on to like the helicopter pilot that rescues you in the campaign No Mercy. Like, you know, the characters names, but like, you don't really know their professions or like what they do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you generally know who they are because like Bill's wearing like a, a Vietnam like uniform, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a few it's things pretty, like obvi yeah. pretty obvious there. But like, you know, how am I supposed to know that Lewis is a district account manager? Uh, it's just kind of just right, kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. The only character from what I noticed that actually had a proper last name was Bill. Um, I don't think Francis, Zoe, or Lewis were given last names, at least in the descriptions I name read. Mm. So could be wrong there. But um, yeah. Anyways, everyone, before we dive any further into the podcast, I'd like to remind you all, um, you know, leave a review. Maybe we're on iTunes, Apple podcast um, that uh, helps us helps us get the name out there. So leave a leave a review. Tell me what um, tell me what kind of wine I would be. Um, would I be a Moscato? Would I be a um You'd be Cabra? a Moscato. You'd be a you'd be a Moscato. <laughs> That's we'll leave it at that. I'm a Moscato. And uh tell us um what kind of cheese Lucas would be. I'm Ooh. thinking uh <laughs> mozzarella. Really? Um yeah, but let me know if you got any feedback otherwise. And um uh, leave a follow on Spotify if you're on there and um shoot us an email, like at gmail.com. Follow us on all the things, Twitter. Instagram, TFP podcast coming out. It's a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right. Back into the game. This game got a 9.25 on Game Informer, an 8.5 on GameSpot, a 9 out of 10 from IGN, and the most surprising one of all, a perfect 5 out of 5 from the greatest review show of all time, X-Play. I can't. 
It's been so long. <laughs> Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. <laughs> Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. G4. About that. Every day after school and every morning before yeah. school, 7 and 7.30 time slots for X-Play and Cheat. Um, G4, for those of you that uh, are a little bit of our younger audience members, G4 was a video game channel that um i guess a channel for gamers I, I probably a little before its time it kind of walked so twitch could run in a yeah, sort of way i think it, yeah. um it's you know it, it, at, at the end of its life it was very poorly managed near the end but i will say that g4 did do something really phenomenal which was popularized ninja warrior for an american audience big yes. deal there yeah um and created like an obsession with that kind of thing and obviously it led to like american ninja warrior but it had a review game show called uh our, our, a games review show called x play their ratings were out of five they'd review about three or four games an episode maybe three and um it was very i mean it was a tv show so it was very sensational and like really I never really agreed, even at a young age, with a lot of their opinions. But I just I find it notable that they gave this game a five out of five. I think that's hilarious. Um, and overall, the game has an eighty nine eighty nine out of hundred on Metacritic. So it's a it's a good game. It's a good game, you might say. No one really hates it. No one hates it. No one hates yeah. it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so my initial thoughts. I'm just going to dive in real quick. Uh, this game is super awesome, uh, bro. This game, we. Let's just let's talk. We've played it, it so much. Yeah. This game came out in 2008 and it's still one of the games I've played most with Lucas. And like, I didn't meet Lucas until like, what, when I meet you, 2015. And we didn't even mm -hmm. really start like gaming consistently together until like 2019, right? That's right. Yeah. And this was but the first game that we started gaming consistently. This is like, with, yeah. This, this podcast has foundations. In Left <laughs> Left Dead. Dead. That's right. This is the game that like really um, cemented this um, partnership. That's I right. Say, this That's friendship. right. Yeah. That's where we started scheming. Really, That's where was, we started was scheming. And, <laughs> and I, I, I think it's just seriously like it struck gold. I, I really doubt this game will ever stop being fun. Um, it's, it's just so satisfying. And um, I'm going to talk about a lot of like what, what makes it so satisfying. The dynamic uh, AI. The, it sort of has a dynamic difficulty system in there, or what's called the AI game director. Um, that Valve implemented. I think it's. I think it's really, really well done. Um, but first, a few housekeeping items for the purists out there. We did technically play Left 4 Dead 2 for this podcast. Um, so what we did for this episode is we played Left 4 Dead 2, but we played the yeah. four main campaigns from Left 4 Dead, originally released in November 2008, before any DLC for the game came out with the four initial survivors. And the main differences between Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, which we could not separate for this episode, is in Left 4 Dead 1, there were no jockeys. No chargers either. And no chargers. Um, and there were some weapons that weren't there. And there was no boomer bile in Left 4 Dead 1, from what I remember. Or incendiary rounds, if I recall correctly. Um, so there's a few things that there was interplay with. But I think the general tone of the game and the game design, I think we can still talk about quite a bit. Yeah. As the so game. Left 4 Dead 1, then, would have just been... Um, what spitters hunters no spitters smokers, i think spitters were left tanks. for dead too really i think so so it was yeah. left for dead one then i didn't even realize that wow so it was just smokers <laughs> left for dead episode just smokers hunters and witches and tanks. smokers yeah smokers or smokers which is tanks yes i think so oh, boomers i'm gonna i'm gonna fact and, bo right and boomers yeah yeah oh, uh, it's and on boomers the, yeah, yeah, yeah it's on the it's on the uh wikipedia actually uh like those mm -hmm. those special infected are actually explicitly 
Um, yep, it's just the boomer hunter smoker tank. Oh, I totally thought the spitter was there. Dang, it's funny. Yeah, and the spitter the sp- is brutal. <laughs> the spitter is actually. I'm surprised it wasn't in Left 4 Dead One because I, I think that it's one of the more like challenging special infection. I think it's kind of necessary to make the game challenging because it's it it kind of separates your survivors and like prevents you from being able to sit in one place. Yeah. Although the smoker kind of does that. And the tank a little bit. does that, but and, uh, there'd be we'll so many that. times that we're like, we'd be like preparing for a horde or something, and we're like, all right, everyone, here's here's what you do. Like Matt, you watch this area. Ricky, Lucas, you watch this area. And if a spitter comes, well, we're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And uh, just a few more housekeeping, just to get through. Uh, we played all these games on advanced difficulty. Um, uh, go, go ahead and go back to last week and listen to our episode on difficulty spikes or difficulty choices in games, um, to kind of learn more about why we did that. And we did actually play one campaign, which was dead air on normal, um, which actually taught us quite a bit about difficulty spikes in games. And I want to touch on a little bit of how like different it is to play this game on an easy mode and a hard mode and like what we might want to think of as like the, the premier way to the way the game's meant to be played. Right. Um, and for more information on that, you can, of course, listen to our episode on difficulty in video games from last week. Um, all right, Matt, what are some of your other initial thoughts? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Honestly, my biggest like thing is just this, this game is just timeless, right? I mean, when you look at it as a as far as like a game and what it is, right? It is incredibly simple Four player co-op. You're fighting in towards the zombies, going from checkpoint to checkpoint in each um, series of levels with a very loose, um, very, very loose overarching story that is not necessary at all to really enjoy the game for you to follow. Um, But it's just I think it's one of the I think it's one of the best examples in gaming of just simple is best. Right. That's right. Um, I mean, when you look at everything like other games that come out like um, I can't even this is bad but like i know there's like a slew of um more modern um zombie games like days gone i think is one of them mm. um and then some other ones that like don't get quite as much critical as claim as say zombies would and to be or as say as left for dead would and to be fair you know left for dead was kind of like on the forefront of like the zombie hype right yeah um like um walking dead was huge back then right and yeah I actually have a whole list. I have a little bit of a list later on talking about the zombie peak cultural zombie culture zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's just one of the examples of simple as best. And so many like incredible multiplayer gaming memories coming from this game. Um, Both. And it's so fun because like. Again, like we mentioned, it's timeless. So this is a game I I was playing in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, all through like middle school, high school years with my buddies. And then this is a game I'm playing now with even some of those same friends back in the day, like our friend Ricky, who I've been friends with for ages Um, and like you guys and like making new memories with um, new friends as well. And it's just it's incredible that it's endured. And what's more incredible is. You know, we have so many, let's just like remove the zombies, right? Like we have so many examples of like modern day shooting games that maybe don't feel that good. Um, point in case, great game for different reasons, but like Spec Ops, the game gameplay wise really isn't, excuse me, Spec Ops, the game, Spec Ops, the, Spec line. Is the line, the game, go listen yeah. to that episode, really good episode. Um, but like gameplay wise, as far as like from a technical aspect, not a very good game in that regard. Yeah. Um, doesn't feel good to play. Um, and like there's a slew of other shooters that you could argue based off personal tastes and preferences. 
don't really just feel good. But like this game is just, it just feels good. It's very tactile. It's smooth. Largely because it's based off, you know, like Source Engine, right? Which it's Valve, CSGO, like that's bread and butter, right? It's basically CSGO zombies is kind of what it feels like. Yeah. And um, fun fact, once um, I started playing this game with you on my PC, this was basically the game I learned to play FPS with on the computer. Really? I had, like I had very little mouse keyboard experience with FPS, which especially if you've played with a controller your whole life, it takes a minute to get used to. Um, and this is basically the game that I used to transition from console to PC. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I like to hear it. I think, um, yeah, I agree with you there. Basically, everything is just so feels so good when you play this game and it being the source engine. And I mean, it, it's the source engine, but you know, there's also a lot of things the game does very well, like with sound design, with voiceover lines and like guns, the way the guns feel, the way the guns sound, the way the zombies animate, everything feels very good. That's not necessarily a product of the source engine, but the work of the animation team. Yeah, and there's and the so many good little too. one-liners too, like <laughs> if you shoot so like when your team meets on accident, because friendly fire is like a very real thing in this game. Yeah. Um, like a very real hazard you have to worry about, like not just there for comedic effect. But there'll be like you'll shoot someone. And you'll just hear them like, Re- really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Do I look like <laughs> one of them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's so great. Funny. Um, yeah. I And seriously, the game just feels really good to play. Um, I absolutely agree with all that. Um, when would you say it really clicked for you? Would you say it clicked back then? Um, like, were you always into this game? Did you find that you got more into it? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I was actually, I was reflecting on that question. When I was doing my notes and everything. And I think it I'd be lying if I said I remembered my exact first impressions from 2009 or 10 whenever I first played this game. But like I can't think of any moment that I've played this game that I haven't had fun. Right. Or that I haven't liked understood the mechanics because pretty quickly like you very quickly learn like the sounds right that are that are bad. Like oh here's come here comes a horde you hear the roar or whatever. Or you very quickly learn the boomer sound or the jockey sound, the little little laugh, maybe we'll throw a soundbite in here. Um, or like the smoker or the hunter, and everything comes together very quickly, and you can very easily learn all the sound cues and everything um, very early on in the game, right? And like in the first level that you're playing, because you'll probably get to yeah. expose at least to everything, including the witch, at least once in the, like the first one or two levels. But that said, the best part of that is just because you know those sound bites and those sound cues, that by no means you're going to be ready for a charger fucking fucking, <laughs> fucking eating at you. <gasps> yeah, dude, chargers. So good. I love by it. By no means are you going to be ready for a charger just like coming at you full speed. I remember we were playing just you and me one. And we were just getting slaughtered and I was like, it was like a narrow alleyway, and I'm like, all right, I have so much space, and I see this charger coming at me. I'm like, hold up, I got this, I got yeah, it. That was great. I got this one. That was awesome. Like, I, that was got what... this. I was trying to do like a badass moment, like I got, I got this, and I just, I'm just like unloading into it. And it, I don't know if whatever it is, but for some reason, you will not be able to kill a charger until it has taken like at least one person for a ride. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. No matter what you do, um, and I, of course, I just get totally railed by this thing and just destroyed. Um, and yeah, it's just it, it, the game does such a good job of creating, teaching you the what to expect within the game and what to expect from certain sound bites and visual and audio cues there that may be. But it, what it does best is still making the game incredibly difficult, even if you understand those little sound bites and yeah. those little um, 
whatever it may be. And while I say incredibly difficult, but what I really mean is challenging, right? In a very yeah. fun and rewarding way. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely agree. Um, it's funny, you mentioned like you couldn't remember the exact moment that you first played the game. I remember everything about the first time I played this really? game. Really? Yeah, I remember a demo came out on Xbox Live Arcade, or the Xbox Live Marketplace, a demo came out for the game. And it was the very first two levels of the very first campaign, which is No Mercy. Um, a buddy of mine sent me like an audio message through Xbox Live. I don't know if you remember <laughs> people doing that yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. He sent me an audio message and he was just like, hey, this new game came out. It's called Left 4 Dead. Download it. Let's play it tonight. Blah, blah, blah. And I like downloaded it and uh, played it. And I So, so co-op games for me really do hold a special place in my heart. Uh, I love, I always have loved the idea of going through something with your friends and kind of overcoming uh, some of my fondest video game memories are like Gauntlet Legends with my brothers, uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles with some of my close high school friends. Um, and I, I really, truly do think that Left 4 Dead might be the best co-op game ever, uh, like in terms of like you and your friends against like the AI against the world, you know, um, it it's so intrinsically co-op, right? Like you literally cannot play the game without like not being a team and it's teach it, you understand that within like the first five minutes where like somebody tries yeah. to go lone wolf they die immediately there were so many moments so where like either me or someone else would wander off and then like we just get fucked and they're like what what, what are you doing yeah what and you doing, it's, it's like yeah it was just like why did you leave the group well, yeah. you know how this works like you and cannot without fail and, every time you get fucked up because there's just like one stray smoker that'll get yeah. your one stray jockey that'll just start riding your ass it, it's just the fucking worst and, yeah. and it's so co-op-y <laughs> that like that person's wrong every time like it's not like it's not like yo where, where were you guys it's like no no where the hell were you like <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah. you left. We didn't leave. So so it's like it's a very like it's so co-op-y in a way where it's like punishing people that are doing things on their own. And I just love that. Um, and like you just you go down if you're not with your team and it teaches you that so quick. I remember playing it for the first time and like learning about what a boomer was and like a hunter jumped on somebody and I was like, whoa, like what? And on top of it, just feeling so great to play. Um, I think it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, and it's like, again, it's just the example of like a simple game, simple mechanics, but re refining them perfectly and it being a just a dope game. Like there's yeah. no other way to, to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so diving into game design, I, I actually did do a little bit of research on this one and I found it, um, what I found out was like super cool. Okay. Uh, well, so one thing I found super interesting is that the developers, when they were making this one, they actually referred to the group of players as the player, singular. So they did not, they never viewed this as a game that had like multiple players like being designed for, they were all being designed for the player. The experience right. was all revolved around the four, which they just called the player. And, you know, since you can't go off on your own because a special infected will get you, everybody is really forced to be as one unit essentially. And for certain special infected, they'll be like, there, there's creative problems that you have to solve, right? Because the ideally, the perfect way to play this game is to move together as a group, as a unit, like watching all four directions and just running and shooting, right? But why is it not that simple? Because of things like spitters and smokers and chargers. Um, like if a hunter lands on somebody that's in the middle of a group of people, it's not going to be that big of a deal because no, that hunter is just going to instantly off. get killed. Yeah, yeah it's just going to instantly get killed. But a spitter, that's going to separate the group. A charger is going to separate the group. What if a tank shows up? 
Now the whole group has to get separated. Somebody gets downed. Now somebody has to help the person that got downed. So the game has just such an interesting game design where like there is a quote perfect way to play the game, but it's never quite working out as perfectly. And right. like making things difficult when you know the best way to play it intrinsically as a player or instinctively as a player is such a creative problem to solve. And I think they solve it. Um, I think that's just really, really awesome. Um, the per the decision to do persistence, uh, persistent like carryover for items in between campaign levels, I think is really interesting. So. If you finish chapter one of it, each campaign is about four or five parts, right? Yes. And a finale. And the finale is like the, the hardest part. Um, the, it, the items carry over level by level. And your items are all very sparse. And your health so, and your whatever and, stats you're carrying over with your like whatever it may be. Exactly. So if you really screw up in the first two or three levels and you don't have enough med kits, sometimes you'll be down a med kit moving on throughout the levels. And you have to really start thinking about your resources. Yes. So I think that creates an interesting dynamic because it rewards really good play in the beginning. And each like playthrough kind of becomes even more nuanced and more different. So you, it becomes either significantly easier or like you're in the finale and you're like, I really wish we had like two more med kits right now. Like it, it's always, yeah. it's never quite enough just because the persistency is there. If you're playing uh, on advanced. Yeah, yeah. If you're playing on normal, you might not even need a med kit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And the uh, the other thing too is, and this is the big thing I talked about earlier, is the AI, the game director that Valve called. Um, basically, this game is spawning items for you in a dynamic difficulty type of way, depending on what the group is going through, right? So it basically, in order to keep the group constantly on edge and to keep things as tense as possible. So if people are a little bit low on health, like let's say two people are low on health, the game would spawn a med kit, let's say in one side room, only one though. So you have to choose, now you have to make a choice of who's actually really going to get healed in this case, right? And that's creating an interesting dynamic. Maybe you know, there's um, like those med boxes that have like emergency medical supplies, like pain pills or med kits. There's not ever going to be quite enough of what you need for no. the situation, right? It always forces you to make a choice and prioritize and exactly. decide as a team who needs this most, you know? Exactly. And that is a lot like it's different every single time. It's like the AI director for the game is creating these things for you, the player. And I find that so, so fascinating, one, from just a pure game design standpoint, but two, just from like a philosophy standpoint, right? One, it creates a brand new experience for players every single time. So there's always a new yes. and interesting way to play the game. That witch won't always be there. That tank will not always spawn at that point. So it's always going to be new and interesting. But two, like... It's, it's almost it almost has um, roguelike elements in a way. Yeah, it's sort of. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as using the word procedural generation. I almost used that when I was taking my notes, but I realized it's it's not necessarily procedural. But I don't know. There's something really um, adaptive generation. Adapt adaptive dynamic yeah. generation. Dynam perhaps? Dynamic generation. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and and also like um, it does really good things with lighting. Um, that's very subtle. Like it's kind of pointing you in the right direction through the yes. use of lighting. A lot of the darker areas are the areas that have some of those items, like an extra pipe bomb or an extra like med kit or something like that. So you get rewarded a little bit for exploring darker areas that are like a little bit scarier, um, which I think is really, really cool. 
Um, but everything stays a little bit tense through every playthrough. Um, that's what I find super, super fun about the whole thing. Yeah, especially like playing on the higher difficulties. I mean, we were playing with um, a group of four people, right? And I'm not trying to say like we're, you know, pro gamers by any means. I think we've all learned from this podcast. If you've listened to previous episodes, I'm not that good at games, but we're all like four friends that are fairly competent at games that should be able to on paper operate very efficiently in a manner together. Right. Yeah. Are skilled enough at games to like be pretty competent at a shooter at this point in our lives. Um, and like in a campaign level, not like a multiplayer level, but, um, every, every time it was still hard because every, everything was a challenge. Everything was unique. And even if, you know, even like, let's say you're, you're going through, um, you're going through a part of the game, right? And maybe you're, you're at this elevator. You finally have to hold out for, and you know hordes spawn at certain times and spitters or whatever come at certain times now you're thinking okay that's what i have to look out for like everyone be ready for the spitter that comes like three minutes into the horde attack um be ready for that and we'll be good to go and then you're, you're trying it again after you all died and you're three minutes in the horde attack and um mickey's out there looking for the spitter <laughs> and then <laughs> next thing we know <laughs> There's a fucking tank on Mickey. Yeah. Lucas is getting ridden by a jockey off the map. I'm tied up by a smoker and Ricky has no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and then, I know. And, and that's because the game is changing every time and it's it, it's giving you that unique um, dynamic experience every time. Because I think one of the worst things a game can do. No, actually, no, I won't change that. Uh, I'm going to not not one of the worst things a game can do, but one of them. Um, maybe a gaming sin, I would say is having it be a static experience that's incredibly predictable to a fault of where it's like you experience it once and then you're able to adapt to it because it's just like, oh, that's a gimmick I just need to be ready for, right? Um, and that's not to say a game like, let's say, Hyperlight, right? Like, I you know I, I explained in our last podcast episode on Hyperlight Drifter about how, like, it's a game where you learn patterns and things like that. Right. But learning the pattern of a boss and learning, like, sequences like one, two, one, two, three like that and being prepared for that sequence of attacks is much different than knowing here comes the fucking spitter that's going to fuck up my shit let me get yeah. <laughs> let me get it real quick before it gets me like yeah. it's 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 understanding the mechanics of a boss battle versus understanding like a gimmicky really annoying little like minion you have to fight right totally um and i think left for dead balances that perfectly by you know always changing the gimmicks you have to fuck with right <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i i exactly i think there's it's it's funny because i think it's something i really didn't understand when i played it for the first time that things were dynamically changing i thought you know it's level okay here's where this is going to be there's going to be a boomer around the corner here because that's like how you're trained when you're a little bit of a younger gamer is you kind of you play through a level, you die, you play through the level again, and now you know what to expect. But this game, it really doesn't work like that. And the other thing, too, I want to mention is this came out like if it had come out a little bit sooner, I don't think it would have worked. Um, I don't think the audience was really ready for it. I don't think the technology was there as far as like Xbox Live parties and yeah. like playing like on a headset with people. I think like the, the thing that makes the game really fun is riding that line of tension, scaring people, making your friends scream for help. Like that is so essential to to the game. I don't think I would have had it any other way. You know, like <laughs> there's a funny if, one. If we, we we recorded our gameplay and like there's a, there was a moment where Matt got like hit by a charger and he was like, he thought that everybody like was going to help him. He was like, boys. And then he realized that nobody was, <laughs> nobody saw it. And he was like, boys. 
boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Boys. Boys. <laughs> so, so many moments where it's like, on me, lads. Lads. Lads, on, <laughs> on me. On me, on me. He's on me. <laughs> yeah, it was always like half the things that were being yelled were on me, on me. He's one. He's one. On me, on me. On him? <laughs> uh, adrenaline shot on me. No, on me, lads. Main door, front door. Reloading, 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 reloading. Reloading. Down, 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 down. Oh, I got it. I got the other. I got the other. I got main, front door. main window. Loading window. Get back, kills. Get back, get back. Just walk back and push D. Main door, main front door. Docking, docking, docking. Is it open? Oh no. Wait, what? Charger! No, on me, lads! <laughs> uh, I might go down. I might have to defit me soon, Lucas. He's one. It's like a tank. Uh, it was like so good, and like I, it's having fun with your friends and like playing through it is so hilarious. And even like the stupid things that happen, where like Ricky shot me at the end of our first campaign as I was running to the helicopter for the very end. He like literally killed me, and like that was, and then the helicopter flew away. Yeah, I got, I got. Uh, I don't. We won't really be able to show the footage properly on the pot, the audio podcast, obviously. But I got so much footage of like. There was two instances. One in the very final first campaign, we did the final horde fight. You getting shot by Ricky as you're making your way to the fucking that was horrible. And there's another one of us all making our way to a safe house. Um, our friend Mickey running away from <laughs> a horde of zombies, and Lucas trying to shoot the zombies. And then it's so I funny because I, I just I see from my perspective, I see Lucas point at the zombies. <laughs> which Mickey, our friend Mickey's also in the range. I, I hear one shot go off, and I just see the corner. Um, Lucas, Lucas says it capacitated. I'm, I'm watching Mickey. Left with you. Oh, the, oh my god! He's, oh my corner, up, corner up, corner up, corner up. All right, let's go. Go. Where do we go? Let's go. But where? Where do we go? What the fuck? Oh, the safe house. Is that it? I think that's it. Right there, down that alley. Can we jump down? Yeah, we can. We can. Are you sure? Someone has it. Cause no, I'm gonna no, die. No, no. That sounded like he took full damage. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter. Oh, I fucked up, guys. Oh, I fucked up. No, I'm dead. Just leave me alone. I died. Okay, let's I go. Let's up. go. Move, move, move. I really fucked up. I didn't realize that. If I oh my god, to... Mickey! Oh, I shot you. I just shot Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> you killed me. <laughs> <laughs> You 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 weren't gonna make it. Like, <laughs> Mickey, there was like a horde on your ass, you weren't gonna make it. He put you out of your misery. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm sorry, That's Mickey. me to decide! I'm sorry, Mickey. I'm sorry, I panicked. And it's so just good. like oh, so funny. Yeah, it was and, great. <laughs> a lot of sorry, a lot of little inside jokes this episode, but yeah, it was I think great. anyone that's played this game with their friends understands that and has those little great moments they can call back to. And I, I like what you mentioned too about this if this game came out any earlier it wouldn't have worked as well because I, I think the multiplayer and the co-op experience is so important to this game um like let's pretend this game came out in um you know ps2 area era or xbox era right like original xbox mm -hmm. um granted original xbox had four player and that co-op could be experienced that way but you know then you're you know you have like a you're you're all crowded on like a small crt to begin with yeah and then exactly. you're even in smaller little fourth of a square um screens and it's just not as great of an experience and ps2 is only two players so uh, obviously there is the 
you know, um, there's the PCs obviously had better multiplayer capabilities back then, but a lot of PC people didn't weren't, didn't have as good of access to PCs back then, right? And gaming mm-hmm. PCs that could handle gaming, whereas um, you know every not every middle school shouldn't. But like a lot of middle schoolers or people in elementary, middle school, high school, in like 2008, 2009, like everyone had an Xbox or a PlayStation to play games after school with their buddies, right? Yeah. And it made games and these experiences like Left 4 Dead very accessible to everyone, which I think is really important and really yeah. helped to the game's success. Because this is a game that, well, you can by all means play it um, single player. Um, this is a game that in in my mind, and I think probably the developer's intent too, even though they refer to it just as the player, I really do think this game is very clearly like this is a game meant for co-op. Yeah, totally. And meant yeah. for co-op in a very specific way, which is like yelling to your friends. Like it's not it's not a split screen co-op game, right? It's everybody in a party yelling at each other over their mics, you know, because yeah. if it was split screen, it, it wouldn't have worked for a player split screen. I don't think I think it just would have been too intense. There wouldn't have been as many zombies on screen. It wouldn't have been able to load anything for that time period, I think. Yeah. Um, because it would have had to load it four different times on four different miniature screens. Right. It yeah. just would have been too much. Um, so I think it, it just kind of struck at the right time. Um, and again, I, I do want to get to a little bit later. I'm going to talk about it during my companion piece pick about how zombies were just so in at this time. I think people forget how in zombies really were. <laughs> um, we're going to we're going to take a flashback to 2008 a little bit later. Um, but moving on from game design, do you have anything else for that? Uh, that's all I got. Art style. Ooh. Honestly, um, I mean, zombies and everything are designed, are designed really well. Um, the tanks are terrifying. The smokers, the hunters, the spitters. The spitters are funny as fuck. Yeah. Um, everything looks very good, but like it's source engine at the end of the day. Like yeah, not, yeah. From a graphical standpoint, it's like whatever. But like everything's designed very well, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think um, like the concept art, I saw some of it looks pretty great. The intention behind the design, the characters um, kind of are meant to be sort of like everyday people. You know, I think all the intentions mm-hmm. of like character art, design, concept, cities, um, it's all kind of fitting into the like thing that they're going for. I think it's not super high concept. It's kind of just like, hey, these are just normal people. Um, hey, these are just kind of. 28 days later zombies you know it's kind of kind of normal stuff like that but the art style is not something to really go crazy over um that's kind of the only thing i have written down you know standard issue yeah yeah sound design obviously very very good yeah Yeah. amazing Um, just total a plus not like so much from the music standpoint right which i think that's kind of what we usually will gravitate to a lot on this podcast but Mm -hmm. um like, I mean, I, I talked about it so much earlier, but the game does like such a good job with each of the unique sounds, each of the type of special infected. Um, there's so many moments where, I mean, we were just playing this a few nights ago with like Mather and a couple of our other friends. Um, and like, we'll be going through a cornfield and all of a sudden you just hear the, ah, like the roar yeah. of the zombies and you just know like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was good. Um, so many little moments like that. But there, were some fun things too, like zombies aside too. Um, I, I mentioned earlier as well how I think there's so many great one-liners right from the uh, from the survivors, and there was actually over one thousand. I mean, this number doesn't sound that impressive because I mean it's like a video game and like any normal like couple acts of conversation between main characters will have a lot of words and lines, but um, you know this isn't like really a 
a story game, right? It's more of just like a fun action game. But each character, um, each survivor had over 1,000 unique lines recorded for each of them. I, I saw so that's, that. Yeah. That's basically like a thousand funny one-liners for each yeah, of them. That's a lot. <laughs> that's how to look at it, yeah. And, and there's also like, I the, the characters are all yelling out like informative things too. They're yelling yeah. like, they're yelling that they're reloading. They're yelling if they see ammo or a boomer or something like that. And I remember, I remember when I first played this game in 2008, and my character yelled to the other characters that they were reloading. My mind was blown. I was just like, oh my God, did, did he just announce that he was reloading? Yeah. 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 It's uh, just, it was crazy. I mean, I, I think that's like a really underrated thing for these days. Like communication with your teammates is like such a given now. Like everything has a ping system these days. And, you know, a lot of character voice lines just follow that typical game design mechanic yeah. where you're in, you're just passively giving information whether you want to as a player or not, your character is doing it. Yeah. And this, this game is underrated for doing that, I think. Um, I think it, for me, it was the first time a game ever did that. You know, have a character say a line in the sound design that, you know, informs somebody of something like, boomer boomer and I'll, and right. it's like oh wow they said it for me that's interesting because yeah. like i don't know I, I i think that's really underrated i mean especially too i think it wouldn't have been that uncommon for you know maybe you get home after school and this game first came out and none of your friends are on xbox live yet maybe you play campaign with some randoms and they're not using mics right yeah like in that situation those little voice cues and those lines will be super important and actually super helpful to the gameplay experience as well so exactly yep Totally, totally. All right. Um, that's all I got for sound design. Yeah. I like them. Oh, well, actually, one more thing. I, I do like the music that plays like when hordes or waves are coming and the tank is coming. Those are really mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. Um, and my favorite thing is the charger charging at people. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to, we're definitely going to insert okay. some of keep that. Moving, keep moving. Probably Don't about stop. right here. Not stop. Don't stop. Oh! Jockey, jockey, on me. Somebody, anybody have anything? Oh, he's on you. I can't see. Just back up, back up against the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the wall, against the wall. All right. Uh, NPC award. Yeah, I, this was a hard one. I mean, I I put... I mean, I put NA. <laughs> There's not really any NPCs. I, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Oh, actually, yeah, even the special infected you can play as in the multiplayer. Huh? Yeah, there's no tech. There's technically um, no non-player characters in this game. Well, I'll tell you what I did try putting. I don't know if this counts or not, because um, they're just like audio, really. But I put um, every other survivor that does their best to help them, and then they get fucked up and infected because the oh, are asymptomatic. The helicopter, the helicopter pilot, like the helicopter, right. or like yeah. the plane, anyone really. Yeah, you don't really see that guy though. But I think you can kind of see that, like the. Um, like outline or the um silhouette maybe silhouette of yeah. um of the plane guy or the helicopter flyers but pilots oh, okay. um, but yeah not not really any proper npcs unfortunately um i don't think you can play as it can you play as the tank in the multiplayer yeah yeah you, yeah. yeah you can you yeah. can but yeah kind All of right. mostly na here um companion piece Companion uh, piece pick. All right, you wanna you wanna go before before we jump in. I will say shout out to Schmoofy. He is in the chat. He has entered oh. the chat. What's going Shmoofy on, Schmoofy? Schmoofy. Schmoofy played Left for Dead with us on uh, for this episode, so he's actually played part of this episode. A lot of Left for Dead with us. Yeah. yeah. So my companion piece pick. I'll go ahead and start this one off, Lucas. Um, 
So I, I think the obvious choice was uh, a zombie, any form of zombie media. And there's yeah. there, there's no shortage to pick from, right? But I thought, nah. <laughs> I'm going to try and break free a little bit. So um, I, I picked a very, um, a movie I quite enjoy. Um, no zombies. A movie called This Is The End. Okay, that's good. Apocalypse directed, apocalypse movie. Apocalypse movie directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, which for anyone that hasn't seen it, um, it's basically a like satirical, not satirical, but like just comedy horror movie spook, kind of spoof? spooky spoof movie where all these celebrities like um fucking Michael Sarah, Rihanna's in it. Like they all play themselves. Um Seth Rogen, James Franco, Jonah Hill. I'm Jay Brunkle. They all play themselves in this movie and um, the apocalypse is happening and the raptures happen where every, all the good people get to go up to heaven and it follows like all the shitty people that are left on earth. Like basically all these celebrities as they like try and survive in this really like just awful, like devil and literally devil infested world basically. And I'll tell you why I picked it, Lucas. Um, No, is it not zombie, but it's apocalypse. Easy and obvious choice. It can be just dumb, funny and entertaining. Like I think a lot of left for dead moments are. And um, in a way, this is also a co-op apocalypse experience. You know, I um, I, I imagine I try and imagine how like and you know, our friends over at Brocal would be if we all were trapped in a house during a the rapture. And yeah. um, I think it probably goes something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, admittedly, I have not seen that movie, although I know how popular it is. I've done the maze at Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, yeah. They had a maze. Shit. Really? I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was- um, it was a scary, funny maze situation. Yeah, and um, I don't, I haven't watched it in a while to be honest. I'm not sure how well some of the comedy would hit for me these days, but high school me fucking loved it. <laughs> I thought it was but a funny issue. Probably shit. worth a, a rewatch from uh, from Matt, and definitely a watch for uh, for me. Yeah, but okay, great, great companion piece pick. Uh, mine, I'm going with a zombie movie for this one. Um, my favorite zombie movie, Zombieland. Yeah. Okay. I almost picked I that too. Love, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Zombieland. Uh, okay. So I, I just going back to 2008, right? You got to think about how zombified our culture was back then. Like people literally wanted a zombie apocalypse to happen. Like was, I remember that was like a, people were just like, like they like doomsday preparers became zombie apocalypse preppers and like bought guns generators, like gas tanks, propane tanks, so they can throw them and then shoot them. And blow up a bunch of zombies at the same time. Uh, people like had zombie like escape plans and contingency plans for themselves. And like, think about it. Okay, Walking Dead, movies like Zombieland, Left 4 Dead, the game, Nazi zombies was huge. Game of Thrones had just released White Walkers, basically zombies. Basically, yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. no one ever I mean, talks the, about the, that. The whites are zombies. The whites are much, zombies. Yeah. The White Walkers technically are not zombies, but the army of the dead is. Zombies, literally the, right? the cult yeah. army of the dead yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah come on yeah. um i think dawn of the dead had come out only a few years prior to all that i think it was an early 2000s remake movie uh, or well, i don't think no i think that was the remake um zombies were everywhere back yeah. then and uh like this game again like was part of a cultural zeitgeist in in terms of zombies and i think it was the closest 
thing to making people feel like the zombie apocalypse. You know, I think a lot right. of these movies are trying to go for that. And this this game kind of nails it. Zombieland is great because in juxtaposed to all the things I mentioned, Zombieland's a comedy. Yeah. I mean, you chose a comedy too, which is which is great because that's like a it, it was a satirical spoof on like the apocalypse movie, which was really big back then too. Um, just because 2012 was around and culturally yeah. we just all wanted to die or something. I don't know. <laughs> but Zombieland was funny because it was like lighthearted, had four main characters that were all like survivors, and it was kind of like a ragtag team of people like that ended up having to fight zombies. And it was fun. Uh, and I've always liked that movie. So if you haven't seen it, Zombieland, huge recommendation there. Great film. Great film. Uh, Lucas, favorite moment. All right. So my favorite moments, I'm going to go plural on moments, this one. Yeah. Every finale was just awesome. Um, every finale was just designed to make you feel so scared the whole time. It was always well-earned when you got away from stuff. It was always hard. You needed a game plan. You like really had to try with the finales. Yeah, which especially I really on advance. Yeah. Yeah, you really did. And that, that, those are my favorite moments easily. Yeah. Um, kind of same for me. I There isn't really like a specific moment, but just like favorite moments in general. But I think my favorites were just whenever, <laughs> whenever I would just get like a jockey on me or something. And I'm just like, whenever there's like that one second of delayed reaction from your teammates, and it's like that one second of like, oh God, I'm fucked. Yeah. Or, and you're always getting like, yeah. Or like getting rammed off a fucking roof by a charger. And it's just like, that's it. You're dead. Um, or there's one moment too where I, I don't know. I just get such a kick out of this where we were all like, I think we were in the hospital um, on the hospital level. And I'm like, we're all just moving really quickly because we've already done this level like two times. because we just keep dying? And then I, I'm down to go down an elevator shaft that we think we're supposed to go through. And then it's like actually just like would kill me. We almost all jumped to our death. Just little things like that. I, <laughs> I love um, so many fun little moments. But I, I think that's what's great about Left 4 Dead is it doesn't have like a particular. I mean, there might be like one particular comedic or funny moment that may stand out to you. But there's so many of those moments in this game that you'll just like think about and like just laugh about randomly in your day. You know, little things like that. Um, so just just awesome for that kind of stuff. Um, totally nitpicks uh i'll go here really quickly i only have a couple um um this this is a bit of a nitpick but i think there's a super easy rebuttal um the game's a little short mm -hmm. but yeah it's ex the replayability is ex it's 2021 this game came out yeah. 10 years ago yeah no more 13 years ago 13 years ago um and we can still replay any of these. I mean, we could go through all these with the same group again that we did these last couple of weeks and have just as good of a time. Um, so short, but extremely, extremely high replayability. Um, and then the difficulty disparity is extremely high in this game between the difficulty levels. Um, there's easy, normal, advanced, expert, right? Those are the four. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't even want to know how easy, easy is to be honest. Probably <laughs> it's probably way too but, easy. Um, the, the difficulty disparity between normal and advanced is so egregious because normal is incredibly easy <laughs> um, and advanced is not not like it's challenging. It's challenging, but enough to where you unless you're really good at the game, you probably won't get through your first try. Um, and just it, it, it feels like there should be something in between there like between normal and advanced, that's how big the disparity is, or it feels like maybe advanced should be toned down and then expert should be where advanced is or something like that or vice versa with normal and advanced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's my only real, I guess, complaints. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and I agree. Uh, I know we didn't get, we're, we're going to run short on time here for the pod, but if you're interested in learning about difficulty spikes, again, you could check out our last week's episode on difficulty um, and why you might have to play a game at a certain difficulty and, and what it really means, uh, how it's like one might be the truer version for you, but everybody's different, you know, and for me and Matt, what we found was normal was just way too easy. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is weird. Cause it's like normal difficulty. It should be the ideal way to play the game, but it's kind of just boring. Yeah, um, completely. <laughs> but advanced is like a little bit too hard at some parts for sure. Um, that that would be my nitpick as well. Um, I don't really have anything. I, I I didn't even have the game being too short as a real nitpick. Um, I think that the game is like a perfect bite sized chunk. Each campaign will run you about an hour to like an hour fifteen, um, depending on like how hard it is or depending on how the good good the group is. But that's perfect, you know. Like oh, let's sit down with some friends and like kill an hour playing Left 4 Dead. Like that's awesome, you know. It's a good time. And like yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Um, all right. And would you play any other games from this developer, Matt? Yeah, I mean, Left 4 Dead 2, great. Valve, obviously, great. Um, and not Valve explicitly is coming out with it, but the team that made Left 4 Dead is working on what is being called the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, um, Back for Blood, Yeah, which basically just looks like a modern version of Left 4 Dead. I think I was reading online a little bit. I guess there's kind of um, almost like a perk system in it that like you pick perks at the beginning of each level. That sounds kind of fun. But it just looks like a modern you know, graphically updated Left 4 Dead with some more zombies and more like boss fights, it looks like. Yeah. Too. So I'm That's super excited done. for it. I think the open beta comes out in August. So I definitely want to play that with some of you guys. It'll be a good time. Yeah, for sure. If any audience members out there or anybody in the Thanks for Playing Army wants to play a little bit of Back for Blood in August, we are down. Um, <laughs> about the spiritual successor thing, just quick side note. I really am so scared of the term spiritual successor. I think it's been really muddied over the years because like yeah. Mighty Number no. 9, um, I did not like, I already forgot the name of it, um, Curse of the Curse of the Moon, Curse of the Night, whatever. The, the Castlevania spiritual successor, I really did not like it's that It's a one, weird though, term. It. Yeah, it's just like, it's basically like a lot of things, I think we talked about this on an episode, a lot of things are so bound by when they came out that like, that's what makes yeah. them special. And I hope Back for Blood is good. Um, and you know, I guess the beta could help us steer, steer our thoughts in the right direction. But, um, I, I I'm going to keep the expectations low cause I don't want to feel, I, I just want to enjoy left for dead. I don't want to like, feel like anything's yeah. going to replace yeah. it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, other games by this developer counter-strike I'm on record being a counter-strike guy. Um, you know, hate the game, love the game both at the same time, that kind Portal. of thing, but Portal, Half-Life. loving Portal. Uh, TF2, right? TF2. I've actually yeah. never fully done a playthrough of Half Life, so we should probably do that for the pod. We should, yeah, I haven't either. Actually, that'd be really good for each of us to both get the uh, first impressions there. Yeah, and they just did Half Life Alex, which I think Bubbles, um, friend of the pod, has also recommended to me. Yeah, quite appar- a bit as well. Big apparently, a game. perfect game. Yeah, one yeah. of that. Uh, one of those perfect games that they keep talking about. But yeah, yeah, man, awesome. So um, that's all I got. We can uh, dive into final conclusive thoughts, but um, I got nothing. I think I said my piece. Yeah, sir. <laughs> okay. All right. So we can go ahead and give our rating on the game now. And uh, for those of you that don't remember how our rating system works, or you're new to the pod, Matt and I will shout out a rating out of ten. And uh, we will add that up and give a, a final score out of 20. And that becomes the final score of the game, superseding X-Play, uh, GameSpot, IGN, what have you, because we are the number one video number game podcast. One. All right. So on 
after th- one, give her a rating. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Nine. Nine. All oh, right. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, okay. That puts us in the Kakashi guy zone Great for our zone. rating scale. It's a good zone. Great so zone. if you watch Naruto, you know how powerful Kakashi and Guy are. They're not the most powerful, but hey. Right up Pretty there. Pretty great. Um, so that's how we feel about this game. Um, I think it's a well-deserved nine. You know, it's um, great, replay, great, great replayability. Uh, super fun. Just super tactile. Very fun. Uh, challenging enough. And just good, wholesome, fun time with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, like I mentioned, I mean, the only real criticism I have is kind of the difficulty disparity. But I mean, we all like to play on advanced anyway, so it, it works out fine. That's right. All right, that's all we got today. Oof. Matt? Yeah. I just want to say, this is one of the games I've had the most fun playing for the podcast. Yeah. I mean. Playing a bunch of call with our friends. So, yeah, great game. But, yeah, I think I think that's most of the time we uh, we got today, everyone. Um, chat, because we got a live chat right now. We're on YouTube. Um, if you have any quick questions you want to ask, go ahead and shoot them in there, and then we'll stick around and ask them after we finish the main recording here. But, all right, everyone, that is all we got today for you. Um, you can find us online. Um, thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Tell us what you want to see, what you want to hear. Ask a question. Love to hear from you. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And if you're so inclined, um, you can follow your good buddy Matt over here on Twitter. Good idea, Matthew. And I do want to mention everyone, because um, it has been picking up some steam lately. You know, the stats won't show it, but it's picking up some steam. Our Discord. Uh, we do have a our, Discord survey, everyone. That's been really fun. Um, you can find that Discord in our link tree, which is on either our Twitter or our Instagram. Again, those handles are TFP Podcasts. Or shoot us an email. Hit up me or Lucas on Twitter. Um, we'll get, get you in the Discord. It's a good time. Um, you can right. find it in those link trees on those social profiles. And we just kind of chat about whatever like game news is going on. Um, we know, played. Was obviously a big we played one. through a campaign with some guys from the Discord. Yeah, it was uh, sick. Yeah, I mean, was really Lucas awesome. and I had some time to play, get some, get some of the game done one night. We're like, yeah, who wants to play some games? And we just played with two of our homies and two of our two fans. Yeah, um, two fans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> shout out Tim and shout out shout Connor. Out, shout out Tim and Connor. Um, so go hang out in the Discord. It's a good time. Um, a great little community going on in there, and we're excited to see it grow. Uh, Lucas, where can we find you online? I could be found at Instagram uh, at I could found I could be found fuck I could be found on hey, it's, talking's Instagram. hard man they don't yeah. talk about that enough <laughs> I've been talking for like two hours straight here. I, um, <laughs> I could be found on Instagram at good idea Lucas that's about it um, yeah. kind of just on just on the gram by the way have you seen that Venmo trend going around people are trying to get free money I have Venmo. I saw you yeah. post it you know, I saw another post that like yeah, they're doing this, but also they're apparently doing it to hide the fact that they just like apparently they're adding a charge transaction fee soon, uh, um, which is really lame, actually, because I use Venmo very regularly. So well, got to switch to something else that doesn't have a charge transaction fee because uh, Cash the, market has, or Apple the, Pay. the market has competition. Sorry, Venmo. People are just going to jump ship. No, but I, I didn't post the actual venmo thing i just posted a big v um it, it, <laughs> oh, that's, i was like that's all you posted i'm like this i feel like something lucas would post or care enough about yeah exactly. and i was like it looks a little different for everyone else's oh whatever it's probably nothing that's funny oh, i see i was i was hoping to get it like some good laughs on that one i think uh, i think it went, it's too advanced of, of humor for people too high too high octane too yeah. um the world wasn't ready for that one in 10 years uh, all right everyone 
this has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skip it a bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Sammy Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch Red Circle. 